Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting edge strategies in acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid and unpaid traffic at times here. Qasem Aslam from Scottsdale, Arizona. How the hell are you? Where the sun comes from. I'm good, bro. <laughs> How's the desert these days? I'm a desert rat, man. I, I get a big kick out of this place. I even like the Midwestern transplants. Yeah. I think they're just shocked. They talk, we'll talk about like it's a dry heat all the time over there. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you know? Oh, you betcha. <laughs> they're obsessed with the dry heat. I love weather talk. Yeah. It's, it's all the rage here in Boston too, because finally it's springtime. Yeah. Weather talk is the safest talk. It's the only thing you can't be canceled for as of right now. And that'll probably change. I'm sure that at a certain point, we're going to get canceled for weather talk. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's uh, it's much safer than political talk. Believe you me. Yeah. We should just turn this into a political talk show right here, right now. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. We'd lose like all of our listeners. Like they don't really care. They're just here for traffic tips, which. Oh, I've got a tip. That's why I I, I, I uh, so suggested it. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's, here's your obvious segue into your traffic tip. <laughs> so what do you got for this week? What juicy morsel of Qasem awesomeness can we drop on the perpetual traffic listener? So I stole this, as with all things that I do. I stole it from of Alric course. Heck. Right. Uh, do you know Alric? Did you meet him? I've never met him. I've seen his mug on my... And every one of my devices many times, but yeah, yeah. go ahead. So everybody. So a super smart guy. He's a, a YouTube authority. Alric talks about omni-channel remarketing. He talks, he talked enough about it to where I was like, all right, I'm just going to do this. Like, I just want to see what happens. And so I had our, our CTO, Yvonne, I said, hey, go run remarketing on every channel you can possibly find. And so obviously you run like, you know, Google and Facebook, but we went off and found like, you know, he, he did the obscure ad roll, Taboola, Outbrain, you know, things that you wouldn't normally think about to run remarketing on. Right. And what's crazy is as soon as he started doing that, I hear people tell me, I find you everywhere. Mm. I t- I'm, I'm digital herpes now is what I mm. tell them. Like you're never going to get rid of me. And what's also really cool is it costs me no money. Like my ad roll bill is a couple hundred bucks. My outbrain bill is like $17 or whatever. Right. So it's, it's super cheap. It wasn't hard. Like it cost Yvonne maybe a day to go set up remarketing campaigns and all these obscure little networks. But the response, I, it's hard to measure. That's the problem. And I think it's hard to measure because these other channels aren't as sophisticated as Google or Facebook. So delivering the data is difficult. But mm. anecdotally, which is always a dangerous thing for a marketer to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's really scientifically based. I, I hear like, this from yeah. people. But they say, right. Th- there's some merit to it too, because I'd never heard That's this true. until we started running the Somni channel remarketing. And it's, oh my God, I see you guys everywhere. 
everywhere. Yeah. And so that's the tip. Go get whoever, whatever techie person you have, or if you have a tech inclined nephew or niece or something, just have them sit down for a day. The marketing campaigns are cakewalks. Mm. I mean, nothing could be easier to build. You can yeah. set a budget cap and just see what happens because you're already paying so much money for that traffic. Driving traffic is so freaking expensive, even if it's not paid traffic. Organic traffic is expensive. Email traffic is expensive. Like the amount of time, effort, energy, money that you put into getting somebody to your website, it's so immense. Why wouldn't you remarket to them on every available platform? Mm. Yeah, it is true. And it's something that I, I've joked with you about is that you show up on YouTube for obvious reasons for your like suggested videos, but then I go to random sites and there's Solutions 8. Like, I, I do see it. So it's, it's absolutely anecdotal, scientifically proven. How about that? Anecdotally <laughs> We're launching a supplement line. That's right. It's anecdotally supplementary. No, that's right. That's yeah. Cosmo and Ralph supplements. Anecdotally scientifically proven. There you go. That's We're it. Get there's, our, there's our tagline. We're going to get sued by the FDA. That's a really good tip. So, I mean, what are we talking ad spend wise per day? Like you won't spend a thousand bucks a month. Yeah. I mean, you know, 10, 20 up. a day, maybe. Depends on how much traffic you're getting, right? If you're getting right. a million users a minute, then it's going to be a lot more for you. But we don't get a small amount of traffic. And I don't think we're spending $1,000 a month on the ancillary networks. We're spending quite a bit more than that on Google and Facebook. But I think it, it also helps too, because you know there's, there's a concept that somebody taught me. I wish I could cite this properly, but I don't remember who it was. But it was, it was banner blindness. Yeah. And you're used to saying the same ads in the same placements. And so I call it the Geico effect. You know, Geico has done so much advertising. Now I don't even see, if I'm driving down the freeway and I see a Geico billboard, it might as well not even be there. Mm. That's banner blindness. Like you're just, I'm used to seeing Geico billboards. But the minute Geico puts themselves on the back of the, the airline seat and I have to sit, it, it's a change of context, which is really helpful and important. So mm. in order to subvert banner blindness and to hurdle the Geico effect, go put your ads in places where people aren't used to seeing those ads. And that's mm. a lot of these little obscure traffic networks. And it's really cool about these little obscure traffic networks is their traffic is cheap, probably yeah. because it's junk. But if it's remarketing, you know it's somebody that's been to your site. So you, you now kind of get to, what would you say, exclude yourself from that it's junk traffic paradigm. Like it's, it's good traffic if it's been to your website. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily the click that you're getting. It's brand awareness and which ultimately leads to the conversion, but also it's authority building because I forget which site it was on. I'm, not that I go to like Oprah.com all that much. I don't know why that comes to mind, but there's absolutely no reason why I would be on Oprah.com. <laughs> um, I'm looking up some kind of way to wear, where to way to wear like a spring sweater and white colors, like go with what, you know, every now and then you know, go to Oprah.com and there you are. And they're like, oh my God, he's advertising on Oprah.com. Right. And I think, th I think that was the site, but the point was, is like, I didn't click on it, but it's like, you're everywhere and your authority and you're juxtaposing your mug, which is usually what's on there, by the way, which is yeah. quite disturbing. Cause I have to see you a lot anyway. <laughs> and then I see you there and I see you on YouTube. I mean, well, your I YouTube channel, giving you a, a shout out is a great channel. So you all the listeners go on, should, no. yeah, you're going on live, right, right, right. So I, you know, diss you on one second, then compliment you on another. But the point is, like, it it does build authority and builds credibility. It can probably go the other way too, because I'm sure there's excluded sites that you probably want to put into some of those networks that maybe aren't quite as savory. And of course, I never. When well, you can do that, that. so yeah. Google has a better, I think, 
safety mechanism than anybody just with their uh, content expansion, how, how, you know, risque you want to be. But I want to touch a little bit on the face thing because I know it's annoying. I know it's annoying because like, I'll have friends and family. My wife is like, I'm so sick of you. Here's what's interesting about remarketing though, is it's, it's built off of, it's built off of repetition and it's only repetition if it's the same thing. So even if you don't want to be the face, find someone who is. There's a reason that like Progressive has flow, right? right. Like, the, or, or what is it? Priceline has William Shatner. If they change their avatar every time, they're losing a little bit of brand equity. And so if you've got a face or someone who can be the face or, you know, something that allows you to, to maintain that ad scent, that's the thing that builds this brand equity. Yeah, you bring up an interesting point about progressive, for mm. example, like for anybody who is, I mean, this is actually an advertising discussion. I was thinking about this the other day is that there are three or four or five campaigns going right now on national TV. And I watch a lot of sports. I know you don't watch a lot of sports, but like on national TV, like I see progressive ads, I see Geico ads. But if you really look at it, all of a sudden you figure out like, wow, Progressive is running ads. I think it's with the guy who like, you know, talks about these people who bundle and then turn into their parents. And then there's the Baker Mayfield ads for Progressive Field in like the fall and maybe, maybe not now because I guess he's been sort of displaced in Cleveland as the quarterback. And then there's like the kid with the sign that's like pointing and then there's flow. And it's like, there's four ads right off the top of my head, same company, mm. same exact company. And I thought about this the other day. I'm like, oh my God, they're all the same company because we always talk about varying up our ad copy and our creative and hitting different avatars in different ways. And some people are going to resonate with a video versus an image versus a face of like the 28 year old female with blonde hair versus some kind of technical chart or whatever it happens to be in your creative. The point is, is like, even the big companies that are spending billions in advertising do the same kind of stuff that we advocate here on the show too. Yep. So sometimes it is you, sometimes it's you in a different, like maybe you're on stage or you're laughing or doing something. Or, and then other times it's a different image. The point is, is like solutions eight keeps coming back at me in a lot of different ways. And I kid you about it, but it's done in a way so that I, I haven't gotten sick of it, sick of it, but it's always in front of me. And I think that's what the big advertisers with the billions in ad budgets and can spend, you know, whatever it was this year, 600 million, 700 million for a 30 second ad on the Super Bowl. Like they're doing the same thing just in a much larger scale. So you should do it as a smaller advertiser at the very least. Well, and the nice thing about remarketing too is it's cheap. Yeah. I mean, when you compare remarketing traffic to all other traffic, it's so inexpensive. So if yeah. you're not maximizing your remarketing, I think you're doing yourself a massive disservice. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's, you know, a lot of times it's just remnant traffic, which means it's really, really cheap. So anyway, so there is our tip much longer than usual tip for the day here. And we will, we will leave some links in the show notes for that tip. But today we're going to be talking about, you know, swapping out creative and doing different things. We're going to be talking about the three big things that we've learned from Google Performance Max in the last two months here, I, I venture to say it's even less than that because the, the learnings are coming in almost daily 
as of this recording. It's May 9th. But yeah, we're going to be talking about the three big things that we've learned. And we're going to be continuing to talk about performance max here and professional traffic because we really do think that it is the future. Be damned all the other people who sort of pan it. So that's what we're going to talk about here in just a second. So stick around. We're going to get back to you with that right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. And we're back to talk more Performance Max, which by the way, if you're sick of the Performance Max discussion, then we're sorry because it's going to keep happening because it's quite literally the future of all things traffic. And yeah. I think that there's going to be interesting topics that happen on the periphesis, but it, it needs to be said that this is where this is where it's all going to go. So if you're not running Performance Max, I think you need to. And Ralph and I were talking before the show, most people are not. Yeah. So if you're running it, you're one of the influencers and early adopters. And it's, gosh, it's even tempting as an ad guy, knowing what we know, to not tell people. Hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. To just like hold it back and like make hay while the sun is shining. But here we are giving away the fruits of our labor because we crave people's attention and approval. I, su I suppose, but I, I don't, I also think that we could hold this close to the vest and just keep it from everybody because that would be the easy thing to do, I mm. suppose, but I don't think it's the right thing to do, nor is it the fun thing to do from my no. perspective. Like, I think we're both genuinely excited about this. And the cool thing I think with digital advertising, especially when I think I said this in a couple of shows ago. There was basically there's like three big events in digital advertising. 2000 was when Google AdWords came out, changed the game. And in mid 2000s, I was a huge advocate of it. And that's basically what I did to start off. 2013, when Facebook put ads in the newsfeed and went to laser focused targeting. 
Like Google AdWords has always been there. It's been getting better and better and better. And they built this massive thing called the display network that they really didn't know how to monetize unless you're kind of getting remnant traffic and all the other sorts of stuff that you can do for retargeting. And then in November, 2021 into now into 2022, you have performance max. And I think those are the three bit, like the major, major, you know, events in online advertising and marketing are those three things. Now you can argue with me on that. Like there's lots of other things, but like from my perspective, like those were game changers, like AdWords, still a game changer, still great, but now rolled into this new platform, Facebook changed everything in 2013. Now that's not quite as good as it once was still really good. Like it's almost 90% of our, the traffic that we run right now, it still is a tremendous platform because we focus on top of funnel. Like you are far more in your agency, middle, bottom, now doing a whole lot more top of funnel. And Performance Max is the perfect thing for that. And I think when we think about one of the big learnings from Performance Max, it's not about the placement anymore. It's not about, oh, I'll do YouTube and then I'll do search and then I'll do maps and then I'll do discovery and, you know, Gmail, GSP, like that's great and divvy it all out. Now it's all about where is the person? Mm. Where is the people that I need to acquire, especially those at the top of the funnel? And how do you do that, which is sort of the big point number two, which is the asset side of the equation. But that's a major shift is you stop thinking about Google as like a placement platform and start really thinking about at a higher level, at a higher strategic level, who are my potential buyers? What are they thinking right now? And then you get these insights that tell you more about them. And then you can target them with new asset groups. It's all these things wrapped into one, but it's still, it's the target audience. It's the audiences, it's the people as opposed to the placements. Well, so what I think is really funny too is we'll, have, we'll still have clients, especially clients that have been successful with Google in the past, you know, old school, let's say, that will say, oh no, we don't want to show up on Gmail or we don't want to be in, in YouTube. And I'm like, why? Why? Why does it matter? Like, do you want to be in front of Larry who's about to buy your thing? Well, yes, I do. Of course. Well, then Larry is in YouTube or in GSP or in, like, it doesn't matter. Ignore the placements entirely. And I mean, there's some nuance to that, of course. I think you can optimize according to, and well, as soon as Google gives us the data, if they ever do, but you know what I'm saying? I, I don't want to, I don't want to be responsible and say that the data is important, but I, what I do want to do is, is emphasize the point that you're making. And I love the way that you phrased it, people over placements. And that's the way that marketing should be. It doesn't matter where a person is, as long as they're the right person. Right. So, I, and, and I think, and that actually comes from like our internal performance max team is like, they're realizing this and it's, it's a relatively simple transition because we've been programmed this way. And we've talked about this social agencies, primarily social, you know, top of funnel versus Google agencies. I do think this is where some Google agencies will struggle and it'll be a challenge for them if they're not letting go of what they've done in the past. I remember when Facebook was just Facebook newsfeed and right-hand rail, and then they just started adding all these things in and we were picking and choosing like which placement we wanted to put it in. And then Instagram came on and they're like, oh, well, make sure that you click on Instagram. People didn't know what to do with Instagram ads. So we deselected that. Now we basically go in with all placements with sometimes we deselect audience network and marketplace. But in most cases, if I looked in, 
you know, the hundred million dollars in ad spend that we have right now in Facebook, like most of it is, you know, largely all placement. And it's something that our media buyers don't even think about anymore. I, I've had advertisers come to us and say, oh, I only want to advertise on Instagram because that's where my audience is. I'm like, okay, well, you know, there's plenty of 25 to 35 year olds on Facebook. There's 3 billion monthly active users. You might want to think about them too. They're also on Messenger. They're also on, you know, when WhatsApp starts to advertise and monetize there. It's like, don't think of it that way. So that is a huge shift because I think you get probably, oh, I just want to do search now. Oh, I just want to, do you guys do YouTube? It's like, no, we do the entire ecosystem. Wherever Bob is, we're going to find Bob. Right. Bob is your avatar. And that's a big, big shift that people have to, it's going to be hard to wrap their heads around. I'm not saying that Facebook ad agencies or social agencies have a leg up, but I just think it's an easier transition. I didn't have to convince my team of that. They've come to that conclusion on their own because they were programmed that way. No, I think it's a definite leg up. I think it's fair to say y'all are media centric, avatar centric. We've been bottom of the funnel for so long that it's just been message market fit. And, and we're click to conversion obsessed. So Google agencies are looking at data incorrectly. Oh, you clicked. Why didn't you buy? Well, at the top of the funnel, they don't buy, idiot. You you have to sit there and you have to wait and you have to let them learn. And I'm saying idiot, by the way, to me, because I look right. at it and I'm like, they clicked. Right. Why didn't they buy? Like, why didn't... Yeah. And, and Google is... You know, they should. You, they should have yeah, <laughs> bought. Like, you clicked on my thing. Why didn't you buy? How dare you? Never Google education is based on a 500 touch point paradigm. So, and the approach that you want to go in is assuming that this person needs to be exposed to your messaging, your value proposition, your service, your product, or whatever. 500 times, which means it could take months. It could, could take, take months. And Google advertisers hate that. We yeah. hear that and we're like, you know, because we've been selling this 90-day story for as long as I've been in the Google game. That's gone. It's out the window. If you think Performance Max is going to work in 90 days, it takes 45 days just for it to stop learning. Day 46 is effectively day zero. So yeah. the click-to-conversion paradigm is dead. And to the point that you've been making, Ralph, social advertisers have had to deal with that for some time. It's like, oh, I'm going to warm up. I'm, dude, I remember hearing people say, I'm warming up the audience. And I just thought, oh, you suckers. I'm going to where the audience wants to buy. And yeah. I still think there's some merit to the bottom of the funnel with Google, of course. But with Pmax, it's the best. It's the marriage of the two. And so it's going to be the combination of our merits, but also the risks of our deficiencies combined. And so there's twice the upside, but twice the downside. And, and if we can learn those lessons from each other, I think we'll be, we'll be better suited. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I heard John say this. You guys had a customer, you had a PMAX campaign going, and there was an asset group that was included with like the brand name. And like, I, I don't want them in there. I want them over here. <laughs> well, what does it matter? They're both willing to give you their money now. Yeah. Like, oh why should you worry about it? Like at a very base level, like even if you just have only a couple asset groups, which we neither one of us recommend here, but the point is, it's like if they're buying, they're buying because Google's finding them where they're at. You know, Facebook almost needs to get spoon fed this far more than Google does from my perspective. Like we still do use, we, we now call it the traffic harmonizer system, but we use the e-com ad amplifier, the ad amplifier, which is basically it's five levels of traffic with five different messages. And then we target them based upon where they're at. Level one is cold traffic. And we say, okay, if we can break even on that cold traffic, lookalike audiences, interest-based audiences, you know, those sorts of things, excluding website visitors, excluding fans, excluding anybody who's like selected a product or hit any part of your site. Like if we can break even there, 
or at least get a certain amount of return on ad spend, we know with our assets and our creative, which is point number two, which we'll get to in just a second, we'll get them on level two when they've clicked on the page or the collection page and then they've back clicked out or maybe they watched a percentage of the video and they didn't buy, or maybe they went to the next level, they clicked and then they selected a product. They selected the red high heeled shoes that Kasim is buying for his wife for Mother's Day. And then they maybe don't add to cart. Maybe they do. And then the people that add to cart, like each one of those levels, those are four levels of traffic. We have separate messaging for it. And then when they purchase, we want them to buy again, repurchase campaigns. All right. Like your previous purchasers seems to me like Facebook, you still need to separate all that out. But with Google, it's like they'll figure it out because the algorithm is that much smarter. You well, know what I mean? I'm going to come to Facebook's defense, which is something I never thought I'd see myself doing. I, You're Google, turning. Yeah, I know. I'm turning on. Well, I just, to be fair, Google can see what Facebook can't see. So I don't even know that, that that Google is smarter necessarily. That's part of it. But I think a lot of it is the fact that Google has so much more visibility. Facebook isn't a platform. Facebook is an app. That is true. So Google has its tendrils in places to where it knows, it knows, oh, wait, Ralph didn't buy that golf club. And all Facebook knows is, oh, Ralph bounced. But Google knows where you went after. Oh, you went to the competitor. Or instead of the golf club, you went to buy airline tickets. So he's traveling. He doesn't want to bring his golf clubs with him. What does that mean? Tickets to Top Golf. You know what I mean? Like there's so right. many layers of complexity that that Google is allowed to bring to the table. And that's why Performance Max works so freaking well. That's a point. And I even forget that sometimes. It's like Facebook is an app. Google is like a way of life. Google is the internet. Yeah, Google like, search, YouTube, and analytics, the, the display network. It's just this entire ecosystem. And dude, it reads every single email you've ever sent and received. Yeah. Every, and it knows how you speak. It's unreal what, what they have access to. And I, I like you and I were talking before the call too about Facebook taking all the arrows. <laughs> it's, it's so true. Just like... It is an app. Like, think about that. Like, everything that you do on your phone or everything that you do on the internet, Google is tracking. There could be a argument that Facebook does too, to a certain degree, but they don't own it like Google owns it. It's like they know how fast you drive, they know what sites you went to. Obviously, there's the story about the woman finding out that she's pregnant before she actually knew that she was pregnant. Like, and that was what, five years ago, six years ago? Like, crazy. Like, how much data they have versus that time in, in place. Point is, is like when people think about Google and when they think about Performance Max, they're thinking about it very siloed as, oh, it's a search engine. And I know we've said it here on the show before. It's so much more than that. It really is. It is the internet. And as a result of that, they have so much more data on all humans on the planet. And because of that, they are going to be smarter when it comes to knowing where you are in the customer journey or the customer acquisition path and showing you the right asset at the right time. And it becomes critical for you as an advertiser to provide them with those assets, which we can get to in just a second here. But the point is, is like they'll do it without having to be prompted. Whereas on the Facebook side, you do kind of have to kick the engine a little bit to put it into its place. Like where you actually want to show this ad to this type of audience at this time based upon their previous actions. Yeah. You could actually say that there's more sophistication to being a Facebook agency because you have to feed Facebook more than to being a Google agency because we get to rely on AI so heavily. 
Hey, it's Gossam here and I have another question for you. What would your business look like if you had 55% more traffic, 67% more leads, and 30% more revenue on top of what you're already producing? Would that make a big difference in your bottom line or even your bank account? Well, those are the statistics for businesses that blog consistently. And I think the reason is simple. It's because Google wants to recommend websites with helpful content. Here's the problem. If you're like me, you don't have the time to sit down and write blogs. And even if I did manage to get enough words on the page, none of it's going to be any good. So if you're in that same position, I want to recommend our buddies at BKA Content who will write all of your blogs for you. They'll do all the research and all the writing. So all you have to do is copy and paste. If you want to try them out, they're giving PT listeners 50% off. That's 5-0% off their first month. Just go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. I think it's now, it's come to that, that you have to be able to trust the engine or trust the machine a whole lot more. But you also have to, and this is, I guess, point number two that I think we've both learned is that the creative is everything right now. The creative is the linchpin to success here because all the things that we said before, like you have to be able to put in creative. And I know you've gotten some pretty good results with some of the videos that Google actually makes for you, but yeah. and as, as have we, which is sort of hysterical because we never really thought that was going to be the case. But the point is, is you still have to give them I believe it's now it's a minimum of 20 assets total, but it's the more assets that you can pump into that machine, the better your results are going to be. So you really do have to think about messaging, avatar, going back to number one, you have to be able to create certain types of organic content, be able to pump out creative, you know, and we'll, you know, we'll leave some links in the show notes where places that we recommend for that point is, is like, all of this is now super important because it is the avatar. It is the message is not the placement necessarily, but the creative drives a lot of it. And that's what we're really finding. So I, I have a theory on why the Google created videos are performing better. And context, I guess, for our listeners is uh, when we launched our initial Performance Max education, we told everybody, don't let Google create your videos for you because they were bad PowerPoint-like presentations. And then we ended up, just because we had clients that couldn't provide us with video assets, we ended up launching with some of them and they performed. And for one client in particular, an apparel client, they performed really well, blew us right. away. And then they outperformed the client's created videos, which just, which just shocked me. Here's my theory, because I've been thinking a lot about this. And it doesn't dismantle the point that the asset is the most one of the most important facets of Performance Max because you're still giving it the stuff it uses to create the videos. So like the imagery, the text, the headlines, the call to action, the hook, etc. It all comes from you. But because Performance Max is using all of Google's inventory, if I provide you with a video, the proportions of that video are predefined. So is it landscape? Is it portrait? How big is it? How hard is it to see? If it's in a smaller you know, position, can you see the product? Can you tell what somebody's, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the video that I create is what it is, what it is. And Google is now just putting a picture in a frame. And that, mm -hmm. that frame can be adjusted slightly, but, you know, I mean, and even cropped, but only to a certain degree. If Google can create a video in real time for every single specific iteration and implementation, it stands to reason that even though the video quality is lower, the, the customization to that, that frame improves its efficacy when you look at it over multiple iterations. And so 
Hmm. The way to say that less like an idiot is your video might be better, but Google's able to show its video at its most optimum display regardless of placement, which mm. is why I'm changing my tune now and I'm telling people to go test. Don't don't rely solely on, but go test Google's video created. So is there evidence of that that you have seen? Because I mean, they're not giving us a data. whole lot of insight on it. Yeah, side. so there's no way to yeah. know. This is just costumes like, you know, crazy man in the wilderness trying to but you know it's such a head scratcher because the media that we put up against it was really good and you can see their videos and they're really bad they're not good at all so you you have to ask yourself how, how on earth could these possibly outperform and i think it has to be it's an issue of prioritization google's going to prioritize their own media not because they're trying to push their media but because their media can be placed in places that our media can't be placed right right and they know exactly when, where, and how to display it based upon the 72 million profiling factors. Exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, what hook to use, what image to use, what color to use. Yeah, and they're actually pretty text heavy. That's the other thing that I think is funny is most of our videos, most of our clients' videos aren't text heavy. Well, a lot of the video placements are going to be sans audio. Mm. I think in some of the placements, you couldn't enable audio if you wanted to. Right. And so you have to take that into consideration. And, and that's more than just subtitles at the bottom, because again, you don't know how big this little thumbnail is going to be. So I think yeah. Google's ability, ability to account for that too, gives it kind of a, a step ahead. That's super interesting. Now in those video accounts that you're seeing good results on, do you have a fair amount of image and copy assets that you're uploading or are you you know, uploading basically the minimum. What's, no, they've got a sense? ton. So here's what's dangerous about what we're talking about. I don't have enough data to say any of this definitively because yeah. Performance Max is four months old. You know what I mean? So it's like, right. we're, we're figuring it out. We've started testing it with new clients, but we're not in a, in a place of critical mass where I feel comfortable coming out and saying, well, here's what the study has shown. But for this one client, that's what was kind of shocking actually, is that they've got an immense, they're a really well aged brand. They've got phenomenal media, phenomenal creative, phenomenal images. And Google was able to draw upon all of that and really make their campaigns work. And their smart shopping campaign was one of our gold star campaigns. It's one of the case studies that we used to show people for smart shopping. Performance Max has outperformed the smart shopping, I think to the tune of about 20 to 30% increase in ROAS. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the point is still back to uh, our original point, we're on point number two here, which is the creative is the linchpin. In this case, the creative is not necessarily the linchpin because like, oh, I've gotten these great videos. I've done, I've done all my homework. I hired a video agency and man, these things are great and I'm uploading them and that's it. Well, you're saying that I've uploaded a lot of headline, copy, image assets that then Google can create videos for, but you're still supplying, you're still feeding the beast with creative that's relevant and useful for that individual brand, Google is just able to assemble it in such a way so that it's optimal for the conversion. You said that in a far more succinct way than I did, Ralph. Thank you. That's exactly right. Well, we try and repeat ourselves lots on this show. Yeah. Google assembles it so that it's optimal for that particular conversion. That's exactly the way to think about it. And you're going to burn through media with Performance Max. 80% yeah. of the videos that you upload are going to end up being just not used. Google split tests pretty effectively. And if you upload five, four of them, Google decides to discard. And so you've got to have a stomach for massive media creation, or you start to rely on Google for some video creation on your behalf. 
Yeah. We'll leave some links in the show notes here to creative agencies that we've found helpful and useful. We use them well, they've been an advertiser on the show, actually, but there's plenty of them out there, as well as our, our buddy Nick Shackelford over at Constant Creative. We'll give him a shout out there as well. What are you guys doing if you don't get assets from a customer or they just don't have them? Because the creative is so important. Like, where are you finding them? Are you just saying wholesale, like, hey, you don't have enough? We can't do anything with you? Like, what's your sense at this point? Right now, it's 100% on the customer. We don't do any creative creation. And we don't really help. There's a company out there that we've been using called, I'm going to say this wrong, but I think it's Billo. Mm -hmm. Billio, yeah. B-I-L-L-O dot app. Mm -hmm. And they're great for e-com. So for, it's like 60 bucks or something. For 60 bucks, you send them their products and they have somebody do a demo video for you. And then you can chop it up in a bunch of different ways and you know repurpose it and, and get multiple forms of media. But dude, you know what else is Fiverr? Like Fiverr's yeah. been great to go get cheap video from. Yeah. We haven't done that yet. We use Billow as well. We've used Constant Creative in the past. We do still use No Limit Creative. I mean, they were they were an advertiser in the show for years, like almost a year. The point is, is like they will supply a lot of good creative. We use it more as an outlet because we have a creative department. Like half our payroll is creative. So it's yeah. like, we're not going outside of that all that often, but every now and then we will. And then we, we do have one particular product where we don't do any of the creative and they have to supply it all. Like, here's where you get it. You know, and oh, by the way, it's an affiliate link. So thank you very much. But no, the point is, is like, yeah, you do have to have it. And there's a lot of these companies, you can do it for relatively cheap. Like Billow is what, 60 bucks a month? I forget what it is, but it's not. It's like 60 I mean, bucks it, a product video or something. Yeah. yeah it's not insurmountable yeah. by any means. It's way cheaper than if you tried to pull that together yourself. Yeah. And we've used, my God, we've used so many third-party sources for just to test and see if it's better. But I mean, we spent tens of thousands of dollars in some cases, like in really high end customers just saying, oh, we'll do this and we'll see if this works. And it ends up being like the ones that we do convert better. It's it, You don't really even have to have like super great creative. Oftentimes. Dude, it's better if you don't. All the creative we're Almost, seeing that really yeah. performs is like organic. It's real. Yeah. It feels, you know, like what I think is what I want to start pushing my clients towards too is user generated content. Yes. Go ask your customers for testimonial videos as long as the one caveat is is audio quality yeah. see audio quality can can cause some drop off especially if you're looking at youtube analytics but other than that like you know the video can be shaky the lighting's not good you can't really even see the product as well but people like to feel like it's real yeah yeah and remember i mean a lot of this is being viewed with sound off too so mm -hmm. i mean if you've got an srt file or if you got at least some captions you're you're uploading you know, if you're allowing Google to create it for you, you do have to have your copy and your headlines and all that. We've seen some cases where it, like the video itself is kind of a joke, but the, at the end of the day, does it convert? And is it consistent with the branding of the customer? That's kind of all we care about. 100%. And yeah, so, but creative is key. You're amending your original comments. You can allow Google to create some, but well, still- Try and yeah. upload your own stuff. Man, that goes back to the golden rule of performance, Max. There are no golden rules. There are no golden rules. <laughs> the, the one golden way. rule of performance, Max, is there. every client is different. Every account is different. Every implementation. I've seen it change by geography. It's just, it's crazy the way that it's functioning. It's, it's so fun, actually, because it's so customizable in the ways that matter. You have to relearn the way that you drive traffic, but once you've done that, it, it feels like kind of a rebirth of, of the traffic agency. The things yeah. that we used to be paid for were just 
button pushing, you know, it was just, it was just technical implementation. And now it's really strategy that yeah. felt a little more markety than I meant for it to get Ralph. I'm sorry. Well, that is, that could be point number four. It is far more strategic, but I think we talked about that on one and two. We're not talking about like pressing buttons here. So make sure that you keep listening to this show. We'll keep you updated as much as possible because we're doing it. We're spending money on this, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars on this platform. And we'll tell you how we actually do it and you know what's what's working, what's not working. Uh, so make sure that you do check out our show notes over at perpetualtraffic.com. We will leave links to all the things that we mentioned here, a couple of creative resources, the Solutions 8 YouTube channel, giving you a plug for that one. You and our boy John over there, really appreciate you listening. We do actually have a bunch of new reviews we didn't get to today, but make sure that you do leave a review. It really does help us. Our goal is to be the number one marketing podcast in the world. And the only way that we can do that is through your help, but also by delivering content here that's helpful and useful for you. We listen to everything that you say incorporated into these shows. So, you know, definitely follow Perpetual Traff on Twitter, Kasim and myself there as well. All resources in the show notes are over at perpetualtraffic.com. So check that out on behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam. Peace. Till next show. See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic, 